Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. And we're live. Gary? Okay, are we live? Yeah, we are can live. Can do it now? You can do it right now. Okay. And now it's time to... Ah, so much for microphones. Rip off the mask and get to the task. It's time to jump into the rotation. Yes, it's time for the rotation, your Sunday morning show about all things cannabis in the state of Florida. I am your political director for Suncoast Normal, Gary Stein, along with my co uh, my co uh, director, <laughs> Carlos. What happened there? You had a good flow going until you had to say I, my name. It was man. absolutely. I had my drip, my, my uh, whole thing going on until I had to come up to you, and I couldn't think of a better, good way to uh, categorize you. <laughs> well, Gary, thank you very much. I love your intros. Thank you so much. I didn't even put when I posted. The show last time, it wasn't a mistake. I totally didn't make a mistake. But when I posted the show, I forgot to put the intro in there. I noticed. That. And it was okay because, like, you know, like you had all this get rip off the mask and get to the task. It's time to get into the rotation. My name's Gary, Gary Stein. And this is. <laughs> <laughs> It works. It works for me. <laughs> and within the Beltway, we have our our executive director, Mr. Chris Kano, and the star of the salon that cut off most of his hair this last week. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Kano? How y'all doing? And, and, and sandwiched between greatness here is even more greatness. <laughs> our coordinator, Lindsay, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lindsay Webb. I'm the events uh, director here at Suncoast Normal. Mm -hmm, nice to be mm -hmm. on the show this morning with these two goofballs. So and and, Chris. and <laughs> Lindsay, uh, events director means that you plan events, and there's a method to our madness here having you on the show because we got an event coming up. Does that make you a method man? Uh, uh, I I would love to be a method man. I think method man is so cool. <laughs> I'd rather be red man. We'd <laughs> <laughs> all rather be red man. Yeah, absolutely. No Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we will be talking about our upcoming event and how you can join us um, in our fight to help everyone have access to these plants that are our birthright. Hello, Brian. We Look at that. So we much got going people on talking this November. Here we are Hi, in the middle of December. So let's let's smoke some mids and <laughs> no. and, and and get to what we're we're talking about. Now, I, first thing I, I have to say this. You know, elections have consequences, and usually people follow through with them. And hopefully, we will be, we'll get past this election. Now that it's been only about what four weeks since the election, uh, that uh, we can put a, a, a pin in that one and start moving forward. But I just wanted to bring to everybody's attention uh, the, the the cannabis um, publicity out there, the magazines, things of that sort. They tend to be very, very positive about every time we get a new political change. And I, I brought this with me. This is a Freedom Relief magazine from. Uh, October of 2016. You'll love this. Okay, can I get this up first? Here we go. It's a picture of Hillary Clinton on front and saying, Well, Hillary closed the deal. 
and make cannabis legal here in the state in, in the country. Well, guess what? That didn't happen on a number of aspects. Number one, we didn't get Hillary. Number two, we can't even guarantee she would have. And number three, we got a uh, person in the office who obviously was claiming he was considering it for four years and never actually did it. And yet we saw article after article after article, people who said Trump is going to legalize cannabis any day now. No, and they, at, a, at a doctored Time magazine that was constantly being put out by the, by the conservative press of him sitting with a, a, a joint in a, in a theater. No, was, but on, up. on the other hand, I've seen interviews with him saying like, oh, that experiment in Colorado is not going very, that's my Trump impression, that experiment, <laughs> he would call it an experiment, yeah, that, and, and he'd be like, that experiment in Colorado is not going very well, it's not going very well, and it's like, what the hell are you talking about, he wouldn't, I mean, but I have seen him say stuff like that before, I, you know, I gotta say, like, those activists that, you know, thought that Trump would, I'd, I'd never really thought they had much grounding for what they were saying. Anyways, go ahead, Gary. I'm well, sorry well, to interrupt. Well, the thing is, you know, I hate being led on. I hate being told we're considering it when we're not considering it. I mean, we actually need the truth to be able to move forward. And as, as activists and then advocates, we need to have true facts to actually build our case on so we can move forward. So if somebody keeps on saying they're considering it, but they're not considering it, that really does delay any action on anybody else's part to be able to get things done. So hopefully, and I'm saying hopefully, uh, in this next administration, we'll get a little more clarified and verified picture of what is actually happening as far as cannabis is concerned. I can't guarantee there's going to be an executive order. In fact, I can almost assure you there won't be uh, from, from Biden because he has, number one, have, had, had to deal with his own son's uh, drug history, among other things, that have made him kind of leery. And he's also been a fan of Bertha Madras, who was one of those traveling Cassandras that keeps on talking about how cannabis uh, it leads to psychosis. In fact, uh, Chris and I, just this last week, were at the Hillsborough County Legislative Delegation. And the usual two Cassandras, Ellen Snelling and uh, Teresa uh, Jones, I think her last name is, uh, came on and did the usual complaint about the fact that Oh, we all know that cannabis is a uh, <clears throat> is a gateway drug. We know it causes psychosis. And I'm saying, okay, you might know that. Nobody else who deals with facts actually knows that. But, you know, she has her First Amendment rights to uh, say as much false testimony as she wants to in, in front of the uh, in front of the group there. And every year we have to go ahead and say, everything you've said so far has been debunked. Yeah, you had a kid as an, as an Ellen who started using cannabis in, in school, and then I went to MMDA and all the other medications that she started getting into. But I can guarantee you that cannabis is not the start of everything. It was just part of everything. And the only reason she had access to all that stuff is because the only way that cannabis is a gateway drug is if you go to the black market and the guy has, like chill, only, only not legitimate, a whole bunch of other things besides just what they came to buy. So if by chance she came to get to get a, a blunt or she came to get a, a, an eighth or whatever, they're always going to push whatever else they have in their pocket, anything from heroin to ecstasy to you name it. And that is how people get going. That is the gateway aspect of it. So let's get rid of the yeah, Gary, I want to chime in here because it irritates me every time these professional Karens get up in front of a legislative delegation and try to tell us about the medicine patients tell us about they try to sit up there and tell us that it doesn't work that it's not a medicine and we're, we're dealing with people every day who get well, relief in their let, lives let's put some context to this situation we're talking about ellen Snelling. we're talking about the ladies who run the no to pot campaign yeah right? we're talking about and, 
drug alliance uh, moms. Yeah, the anti-drug alliance moms, and they're notorious. And then you got mamas over here. Yeah, you got, we got cannabis moms right, right over yeah. here, uh, <laughs> showing how cannabis has actually helped their family life, and we we uh, can talk a little bit about that. But um, Ellen Ellen Snelling and I forget the other lady's name. Uh, Teresa. not uh, Teresa, not only are they notorious for, uh, getting up in front of legislators and saying, oh, my daughter is addicted to heroin and it's, ma uh, marijuana's fault. It's not my parenting's fault, but it's marijuana's fault. And, uh, they're also notorious for this organization because they hated our giant blunts <laughs> and were we were notorious for putting uh, giant blunts on parade floats and parading them in parades. And uh, they took it upon themselves to try to get us kicked out of a number of parades. Yeah, we just made the blunts bigger and bigger every year, you know? Yeah. I, I yeah. just want to say something real quick. Uh, drug addiction has absolutely nothing to do with your parents' parenting. Um, I would just like to say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Because Ellen... we, you, you have to be mindful when we're talking about things and we're kind of venting that, you know, we have people listening and, you know, cannabis is one of the medicines that we use um, in addiction recovery. And so I just want to be mindful that we're. Uh, uh, you're you're absolutely right, Lindsay. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, that, that's the thing. I'm talking about these giant blunt floats and I got to admit, this is personal for Suncoast Normal and my blood <laughs> boils. I was sitting here my blood was boiling while Gary was talking and it erupted. I noticed Thank that. You. I heard this like percolating with his, his, his uh, veins on his neck. Uh, it was kind of odd. Uh, yes, Kato, I'm sorry. Like you're you're talking about uh, this whole psychology behind, um, you know, getting up there and talking about you well, know, your kids. Yeah, well, the, 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 you know, there's definitely a, a an emotional aspect to everything you do when you're talking to legislators. In that, you know, you have to relate. You have to see how you know it's important. Um, you know, much in the same way many of the Canada moms approached legislators back in 2013, 2014, asking for the Compassionate Care Act. You know, what, what my issue with it is, is that uh, while those Canada moms were asking for the ability to try something that um, the science shows it can help their children, uh, these ladies get up there and, and they, they make statements that are totally against the science. Um, you know, according to uh, a 2019 study published in the uh, JAMA Pediatrics Journal, um, you know, it, sh it postulated that, you know, we actually may see a decline uh, at, uh, in, in teen use after legalization for uh, adult use. And, and the fact is, is because drug dealers are replaced by licensed dispensaries that require proof of age, much to the point that, that you all were just saying in that, you know, for a lot of people that they've debunked the gateway theory, what the actual uh, ability and access to use, you know, um, um, you know, illegal substances is based on the person that might be selling you your cannabis if they also sell cocaine or heroin or ecstasy, you know, versus a dispensary only specializes in cannabis. And what we've seen um, just in the past uh, couple of weeks, Forbes has even put out, uh, uh, you know, studies and, and articles on that. We see a drop in teen use in legal adult states. We see a drop in court ordered rehab uh, for teens in legal states. And, and the fact is, is that 80% of people who go to court for cannabis uh, addiction, uh, I mean, who go to rehab for cannabis addiction are court ordered to be there. You know, very few people are like, oh, man, I got such a weed smoking problem. I need to go to rehab. <laughs> I don't know if there's a such thing as, as a, you know, addiction to cannabis. But if you don't mind real quick, I would like to say as a mom who lived in Oregon and worked in cannabis there um, at the time and had a, a child in middle school there. 
um, I noticed that when we moved here to Florida, that there was actually much more of an issue with like illicit um, vape pen use in teens to the point where the sheriff's department was coming to the school and was doing things like um, uh, checking all the backpacks and they were going to start issuing citations for $25 and then the kids would be getting actual legal charges against them and this whole effort. When we lived in Oregon, we, they didn't have to do that because there was so much education, so much above board, um, just everything available with adult use being legal there. So just to give some perspective from a mom and their preliminary um, research, I don't have the statistics right now, maybe we can post it later, but their preliminary research is showing like a slight reduction in DUIs, a slight reduction in, you know, all types of um, what you would consider to be related statistics. So just a little bit of insight, you know, from the inside, I, I do feel pretty strongly that that is an accurate and there was also an article that I, uh, I saw this last week and I sent it off to uh, Senator Polsky that verifies the fact that there is no greater incidence of accidents on the workplace in people who, who are using cannabis on the workplace successfully, as in by, by successfully, it does not affect their job performance, which is what we're talking about when we're talking about medical cannabis. And this was an issue I dealt with when I talked with Ellen. Ellen is a friend of mine. When I used to work uh, for the Tobacco Control and Prevention Program, where I tried to get people to stop smoking, some people are almost impossible to get them to stop smoking. <laughs> but uh, the whole point was is that we were just trying to get stop kids from smoking. And she had, had her usual spiel at the Temple Terrace thing, and her husband had to get up and start to attack one of our people who got up there and started to attack her and calling her a terrible parent and all that kind of thing. I do Ellen remember that. Ellen is not a terrible parent. And I sat down and talked with her and her husband, who were devastated by the way that, that we had certain cannabis activists knock her down personally. Attack ad hominem, which is the attack, attacking the messenger as opposed to the message. Who's ad hominem? form of debate. So I highly recommend that when you get in, in front of legislators and things of that sort, you don't attack the legislator, you attack their policy. You don't attack other person's speech, uh, uh, the person, you attack what's on their speech. And Ellen and I sat down and talked. As it, it turns out at the end, she gave me some free dietary advice to help me get some because she's also a dietitian. But I basically said, look, I understand where you're coming from. Your child was injured by the process of being involved in cannabis. And we are not talking about getting teens involved in recreational cannabis. That is what people seem to think that this is what this whole movement is all about, is to get as many kids as possible involved in recreational cannabis. That's, leave that to the tobacco companies. They're very good at that. I, getting well, people look involved at in recreational uh, tobacco. Look at alcohol. I mean, everywhere you go, there's drinking culture. We're teaching people to adopt a habit that's, you know, very detrimental to your health. And we have young people forming alcohol addiction. So, I mean, that's always an easy one to throw up. It's like if you look at this with uh, any sense of logic and open mindedness, the facts are clear that we are going to shave a little bit off of the bad statistics um, at the very least if we have adult use. Uh, I was going to say too, like there's got to be something to the idea of instead, you know, this, this, uh, this, these parents come home after a long day of work, right? They start, they start, you know, uh, taking care of the kids and getting through the family life situation. And, you know, all of this stuff, they're probably stressed from work. Maybe the, the, I know the family life thing is going to stress them out. And, um, you know, instead of grabbing a martini or having a beer, they smoke a joint or they, they smoke a bowl in the backyard and they feel better. And then they spend time with their kids instead of, you know, being drunk, they're just a little bit giggly and they, they like the cartoons that they're watching, you know? 
um, there's got to be something to that, you know, as well. Like there's something medicinal to that as well. If you're coming home and smoking weed to be a better parent, you know, that's also a major point with it. This is a medicinal program. Yeah. In order to get a, a, a car just to be able to buy it, you have to go to a doctor and discuss your conditions. And the doctor hopefully will discuss with you uh, what strains are best, what what, what form of, of, of cannabis use is best for your particular condition. So you're actually trying to treat yourself as opposed to just be recreational, which is, again, what is the main thrust in regards to a lot of these anti-cannabis folks. And that is the thing also in regards to the kids. If there's a black market where they can get access to without any kind of education or things of that sort, and they just use it recreationally. Uh, at, the, at the age of between 16 and 18, your, your normal endorphin level drops. You normally have to go ahead and build it back up again. That's why kids get into extreme sports and things of that sort. Mm. And that also leads to a possibility of habituation, that, want, that need to go ahead and raise the endorphin level. So we don't recommend cannabis necessarily for kids on a recreational basis, but we do recommend it when it's necessary for, say, for instance, a kid who's got Crohn's disease, who could possibly die from that, or some of the other other debilitating conditions that could possibly change their lives for the worse as, as they move forward. So we definitely are highly in favor of medicinal cannabis under doctor's recommendation and possibly even under a, a parent's recommendation. Uh, going forward, once you're an adult, then of course, you know, that is up to you at that point in time. Well, Gary, you bring up a good point on, on um, pediatric cannabis use in that in Florida, you know, the politicians here were so concerned about, uh, uh, you know, pediatric, you know, uh, underage access that it takes two doctor recommendations to get a medical cannabis uh, recommendation if you are under the age of 18. So Florida has safeguards to reduce and prevent, uh, you know, a pediatric use uh, of, of cannabis in a non-therapeutic manner. Now, what I do want to take the conversation back to is we were talking about politicians and moving forward before we got up, uh, caught up in community activists who are pushing things. And, you know, the attorney general of the United States is going to run the Department of Justice, is going to have a lot of say so on whether or not you know, the federal government goes into legal states and prosecutes, raise dispensaries. And so Joe Biden has a short list right now of who his next attorney generals could be. One that sticks out to me is Xavier uh, Becerra, who is the current attorney general of California. So uh, I think that, you know, having the uh, California attorney general could uh, possibly change things. There's also Sally Yates, who was a former deputy attorney general. In addition, Yates. political picks, uh, Tom Perez, who's the chairman of the DNC, and Doug Jones, who was the uh, U.S. senator from Alabama, who just lost his seat to former uh, um, uh, coach Tommy Tuberville. So I think that there is a, a, a definitely a, a small short list of folks, uh, you know, one or two that give me hope. The other two uh, political picks. So I'm not entirely sure how that's going to swing. Again, you still got to be confirmed by the U.S. Senate. And we still got to get to this uh, electoral college vote coming up next week. Uh, also the gentleman who almost went was uh, the justice before uh, McConnell held it up. The gentleman who, who Obama tried to pick for that last Supreme Court justice, he he is also up for it too. I, I also consider him a, a good because he's very much into the letter of the law and, and as opposed to partisan politics, which is what we got involved with. And I'd love to see him just go, actually, finally get a, a, a confirmation hearing. Not necessarily for the one that he got asked for before, but this one. Just well, you know, it's, it's funny you bring up about the letter of the law. We were at the Hillsborough County delegation meeting. Um, this past week. And what that is, is a meeting of all the state senators and state reps that represent Hillsborough County. And one in particular, uh, Representative Beltran, uh, brought up an issue with us advocating for a medical marijuana 
Employee Protection Act in the state of Florida, which would protect medical patients from losing their jobs or being precluded from a job for their medical use of cannabis. And he had a concern around, oh, well, you know, we have a lot of people with security clearances in Florida, a lot of federal jobs. And I, I, I had to you know, reiterate, I was like, yes, it is still Schedule 1 federally, but there are tons of jobs here that are not federal in nature in the state of Florida. There are people who are roofers. There are people who you know, work every single day in a call center and who are able to leave, lead productive lives because they utilize cannabis as a therapy. And to preclude people with disabilities, veterans who are, are, are trying to have jobs, hold down a job and contribute to society and live a healthy life, and to deny them the right for employment, um, over a state-sanctioned medicine, which is considered legal, is just wrong. And it's time for the politicians to update our laws because when they passed Amendment 2 in 2017, um, you know, it, it enacted what, what the people wanted. One, we are still in court today suing whether or not it was the people's uh, will that they enacted. But two, there were a lot of shortcomings in that system. Not only uh, do we need a medical marijuana employee protection bill, but we need a patient protection bill. We have patients that are kicked out of their nursing homes because they utilize cannabis. We have patients that are kicked off of their pain management plans because their pain management <laughs> doctor doesn't like the fact that they use cannabis instead of synthetic opioids. And that is a major concern uh, here in the state of Florida, that people can utilize cannabis not as a gateway drug, but as a terminus drug, as an exit drug, to where this is the substance, uh, this is the therapy that gets them off the other controlled substances. And so I think that moving forward, legislators need to wake up and ditch the rhetoric that they're hearing from these you know, anti-drug alliance folks. To your point about effective drug education, at 12 years old, I knew nothing about drugs other than the Ninja Turtles on Saturday morning saying, yo, bro, don't do drugs. And I'm like, well, you still clearly sound high, Michelangelo. <laughs> you know, on top of it, they would have this D.A.R.E. program come in. You have a resource officer open up this giant suitcase and fill <laughs> with drugs. And it's like, oh, look at all these drugs you know nothing about, kids. Let me show you all about them. Most effective program, guys. My, my, That's why the, my the D.A.R.E. program was pulled in many D.A.R. states, graduate. especially California. My, my <laughs> My favorite was like, this is Bob. He's a former drug addict. Bob, let's show the kids how a handshake goes down, that or a drug transaction goes down. And like and Bob would get up there, he's like, I used to buy drugs on 56 and Nebraska. I used to buy And kids are like <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> was that was that the heights? Uh, version of dare or was that i mean i'm slightly older than both of you but in the early 60s and mid 60s the the, the commercials we heard about had nothing to do with drugs at that point in time it was like stay away from blasting caps that was a big one you know because it really uh, um who was it it wasn't willie horton but it was one of those willie mays kind of said said you know you can lose an arm you can use a leg do not touch a plastic cap if you see it in a field that's you know that kind of stuff and then of course we also have the one about uh wouldn't you be a want to be a good a big brother to somebody like me <laughs> those kind of things, are the, those are the kind of nice, warm, fuzzy commercials we used to have at that point in time. And then after the late 60s, all of a sudden you started to see these kind of things like, you know, stay away from drugs and yada, yada, yada. But that was more along the lines when Nixon was getting involved and was trying to knock down that whole facility and, and just kind of demonize the situation at that point in time. Yeah, so yeah you, had a, you had a renaissance of um, medicines that can uh, raise consciousness. And then all of a sudden you had this war on drugs 
and all these terrible substances that are actually bad and are not medicines that took people down and targeted the same communities. So yeah, we definitely are still trying to dig our way out of, of the past very much so. Well, you, you, you have a sideline of kind of being a, med, a medicine woman of sorts. Yes, yes. I, I, I put that there. She's one of she's our resident medicine woman. <laughs> and this is interesting because here we are talking about a, a medicine that was used almost 3,000 years ago in China, 4,000 years ago, depending on who you talk to. And yet China was one of the people who voted against the UN uh, change in, in, in plan as far as taking it off their schedule. Huh. I think it's interesting how, how governments change over the span of centuries, and yet the plant is still there. It, is still doing, yes. it still has amazing potential, as yet untapped yes. as, we, as yeah. we move forward. And we can't untap that potential unless we take off the blinders and take a look and see exactly what we have to deal with. And Mr. Beltran, with all due respect, and Representative Beltran, uh, he and I had that same conversation at the Hobnob about two years ago when he was still running for that last office. He asked me the exact same question. I gave him the exact same answer. Obviously, we can't interfere with federal law as it currently stands. So we're not necessarily talking about those people who are involved with federal contracts. But there are a lot of other positions that have nothing to do with the federal government, that have people who want to go to work. Who, who The only reason they are back to work and not in the hospital is because they're using this as medicine. And so, therefore, they should have the right to uh, to go to work and be a, a taxpayer and a productive member of society. I asked him, don't you agree? He said, I really don't have time to talk with you. So that was basically a, a talking point that he feels that gives him points with his base. If his base is actually listening to him, I'm not certain if he knows whether they are. Well, Gary, I want to dispel that rumor too, that the Republican base does not support cannabis legalization. In fact, the majority of Republicans in Florida support the legalization of cannabis. So the fact is, is that these politicians who are still holding on to this Reagan idea uh, of, of of drug prohibition, this this Nixonian idea of of you know of, of drug prohibition, it's got to go the, the way of the dodo. Uh, the, you know the, the <laughs> yes, it does have to go. You are right, Kano. Time is up, and we're done. We're finished with the nonsense and the lies, and it's time to move forward. And if we demand that, there's such a big wave. There's been such a huge wave of legalization, decriminalization of other medicines. Let's get on board or get out of the way at this point. And if we keep that attitude and keep that energy, I think we're going to see a lot of change. Well, and and we I, have to if keep I could cross-reference with the news of this last week, uh, you know, there was a, uh, a lawsuit that came out of Texas that tried to invalidate the votes of, of uh, the voters of four states to try to overturn the election, which uh, was absolutely, it had no way of actually getting involved in front of the Supreme Court from the, from the get-go. And yet we had a hundred and uh, what was it, 130 or 140 uh, congressmen, of which uh, nine were from Florida, which involved, which included my congressman Gus Bilarakis, for a law, a uh, lawsuit that they knew for most of them knew that it wouldn't go forward, but they felt it would score them points. And of course, these guys are politicians. I expect them to be partisan. I expect them to sometimes toe the party line. But our sec our attorney general in the state of Florida, who is supposed to be nonpartisan join the ranks of those people who had no idea, who, who had no reason to be involved in the lawsuit at all. Because you know, when you talk about a, a, a case going to the Supreme Court or any major court, you have to have what is called standing. In order to have standing, you had to have some kind of injury that needs to be fixed. And it has to be, and it, the change in this status quo has to be able to affect you. And changing the, the, uh, the way people vote in four of the states is not going to change Florida at all. Trump won Florida. Nothing was going to change there. She had no standing. The state had no standing. And again, unless you're talking about the Confederate states getting together and forming another union, 
Nobody has the right to tell another state what to do. So this was basically active sedition. And we had a lot of representatives, uh, nine of them uh, originally before the lawsuit. And Stubbe, and I think it was, uh, I forget another one, also signed in after it was already kicked out of the uh, Supreme Court, which was bizarre. Stubbe, really cute move. I don't understand why you would actually sign on to a lawsuit which had, which had already lost, Stubbe. saying they were in support of it. But if it made, well, made you have you know, a bigger man in your party, you're already tall anyway. I don't know what you needed it for. <laughs> Gary, I appreciate you definitely uh, you know, bringing that education to our listeners, to, our, to, to everybody out there. Uh, here on the rotation, you're going to get more of a civics education than you ever have in your life. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I digress on purpose. All right. <laughs> And, and part of that is due to the fact that um, Canada's prohibition and politics are inextricably tied together. You know, it was politicians that made it illegal. It is going to require the people to uh, use their influence in the political process to re-legalize it. And in the process, politicians who are waking up to the industri industrial aspects of a, a adult use and a medical cannabis industry, um, the tax revenues that, that, that many of them see, the campaign donations that they see from a, a brand new industry are all things that should concern people because uh, oftentimes many people are fighting uh, for legalization in from an ideal point of view that this is a right it's a freedom that people should have you should have the right to grow cannabis no different than you have a right to grow tomatoes however licensing has been the key thing that government has, has used in the process of re-legalization to prevent other people from coming in as business owners and to prevent people from being able to actually have access to utilizing this medicine at home, which is many of the shortcomings that we see from some of these Florida based initiatives that people are getting petitions signed around. If there's no home grow, many people feel as though it's not good enough. Um, you know, and that's the, that's a major concern and the voters are going to speak on that. I think that for many cannabis users, I've seen it time and time again in our feeds and our walls and on comments, um, there's a split in the community. Some people look at it as you have your political affiliation, but you also like to smoke cannabis. For other people, cannabis makes them a single issue voter. And in speaking with a lot of other community activists, I, I firmly feel as though it's the latter that is going to continue to actually swing elections in this state. If patients, if people who utilize cannabis become single issue voters and say, I will not support a politician that does not support me on this issue make a break this is the one issue that it doesn't matter if you align with me with 99 percent of the other things if you continue to support prohibition i will not support you as a politician and i want level of organizing is really what it's going to take to start swinging elections here in florida and i, I wanted to thank our, our listener and viewer brian kilpatrick who i should really pay for a segue <laughs> he actually asked a very important question which actually does segue into our next topic about how can the people of florida help other than getting petitions signed. Obviously, the petitions are not being signed right now. They're waiting to find out if the Supreme Court is going to actually let, let them move forward. And when we'll find out, we'll, we'll find out. That's what it comes down to. They have plenty of time to go ahead and make their decision. In fact, all the time in the world that they want to. But there are ways that you can be a part of the change. And one of those ways is with these guys right here and the, and the big guy in the, in the window above there. And that is Suncoast Normal is helping to do make things better here in the state of Florida. But we can't do it alone. As enigmatic as, as Chris and I are, we can't necessarily sway an entire audience. But if we have people with their with, with stories coming up and Carlos getting involved and, and bringing God aboard, uh, <laughs> we, will, we, we can actually make a difference in Florida. But we need your help. We need to become a member 
of Suncoast Normal. We have a number of fantastic initiatives this next coming election, this next coming session rather, like the employee protection bill, like the patient protection bill, which, which prevents hospitals and, and ALFs from taking away medicine if they feel they, they, that you shouldn't have it because they get Medicare dollars or whatever. And of course, tourist reciprocity, so people can actually use it when they come in from other states and they have a medical card. And of course, our home grow bill, which will help out in those other aspects because a lot of those petitions really can't have home grow on there because it makes it a no longer a single uh, issue bill. And so therefore, it could possibly be thrown out by the Supreme Court. So we're doing everything we can to move the program forward. But we want you to come with us. We want you to be part of the change. And in order to do that, you have to become a member. And to that aspect, to that aspect, uh, I want to thank <laughs> Brian for this. We are going to have a membership building event right here at the, in the beautiful brick walls in Ybor City <laughs> at, at Chillum Glass and uh, what else we call it? CB, CBD dispensary. dispensary. There we go. Um, as you can tell, I weed leaf Ebor, but uh, no, nah, it's, it's a great way to get involved uh, and become a member of Suncoast Normal. And uh, I want to thank Lindsay first off for doing all the heavy lifting as our events director. Well, we're a team, so, but thank you. And raw team. And yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be a lot of interesting, as you can tell, we have a, a guest have a that just, guest that just came on. What's yeah. going on, guys? It's yeah, so um, I'll go ahead and I guess tell a little bit about the event. Maybe that will be helpful. Um, so uh, this coming Friday, um, the 18th, we are going to have a member sesh here. Um, outside. It'll be an outside event and there will be an indoor area, but we will obviously be um, requiring masks and being very careful, social distancing. And um, we have a plan set up for all of that. We've got a nice outdoor space in the back. We may do a little barbecuing. Um, we're going to have some music and some fun, and we're going to discuss how we as a community can move forward together. Um, this year has changed everything for all of us. And I feel like it's a time to really start fresh, you know, to bring in the people that have been supporting us from day one, to bring them back and to reunite if we can. And then also to bring in um, new faces and new talent. And um, we can use any kind of help, um, whatever it is that you're into, whatever it is that you're able to um, contribute, we will find a place for you. It takes all types of people um, to make this happen. This is how I got in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I want to, um, I want to give um, our DJ here a moment to talk a little bit about himself and about the music collective that he's a part of, uh, because he is going to be there at the event and we're very excited. So I wanted to give him the floor for a moment. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, basically, I've been a fan of normal for ever since I've actually gotten into marijuana activist rights and learning about what's going on in our communities. And it's a it's a great way to educate yourself first and foremost. But talking about myself now, um, I'm the DJ for Wave Theory, which is a collective of artists in Tampa Bay. Uh, Mike Mass, obviously being one of our leaders in that group. Perception, very talented artists as well. Cat uh, the Duchess and also Ned Pope being the uh, the four founders of that group. And we basically help a lot of artists in Tampa Bay find an outlet to basically do their craft, work on their networking, work on all the major things that are something that you don't fully get educated in when you want to do music. You know, it's something that you want to do with the passion, obviously, but there's a lot of back doors and other things to learn and etiquette and all sorts of things. And we're here to help with that. We also do a uh, open mic event that's of, over off of Shuffle in uh, Seminole Heights called Shuffle Play Open Mic. 
which is very hard to say, Shuffle Play Open Mic. <laughs> Isn't that the place that does like Waffles and Wu-Tang? Oh, something? yeah. Waffles and Wu-Tang. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm actually about Wait. to go to Jazz Brunch going Wait. on right now. Like very waffles great Waffles and Wu-Tang? <laughs> I told yes. you about this. Wally Rios. Like, yeah. That is two of my favorite things. <laughs> That's a vibe. So, I start off my morning every day in the back there. I love See, that. Waffles and Wu-Tang. That could be infused. And, and, so, and sometimes like I used to do in Oregon. I really, I got to tell you that I really like what you're saying because uh, a big part, uh, and it, it really shows that it's great to partner with you on this event because a big part of why we want to throw this event uh, is because of our community. And uh, because, uh, you know, the, the marijuana activism community has really, really been uh, a big part of my life. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, all my friends are marijuana activists, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and, and it's great that you foster that within the the music community. So you, I feel like you kind of understand what well. we're trying to do, yeah. And uh, it's uh, yeah, I mean, marijuana is definitely a part of, of many different cultures. And exactly. there, there's, I, I gotta tell you, I mean, I was at a Cypress Hill concert once. Great spot to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing around, but um, <laughs> no, and I really appreciate it. I was on the way to the Donny Osmond concert. Oh my god! Uh, who's Donny Osmond? Yeah, I know who that is, but I mean, you know, so. But, uh, how can we? I want to. Sorry, sorry yeah, for interrupting you. Yeah. How can we? Um, how can we find out more about uh, Wave Theory and contact you on social media and connect with you to see more about what you guys are doing? Yep, you can follow us on Instagram. We're uh, underscore Wave Theory underscore. You can also follow me. I'm dfaz eight one three. That's D F A Z eight one three. You've got Mike Mass Music. You've also got Perception underscore Hip Hop. I'm surprised I memorized all these. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> really like Crazy. There's Cat yeah. the Duchess as well. Sure you and smart. So, so uh, yeah. I'm interested in the name. Uh, Are you a cop? Does that make you a <laughs> oh man, busted. Actually, just to promote something too, we just did a tour out in Tulsa with Wave Theory, where we brought a bunch of Tampa artists with us to go to Black Wall Street Gallery to perform. And we partnered up with uh, Happy Hour Medicinals, which was another part of our tour where we got to tour their facility and their hospitality was amazing. And linking the two together was amazing because we also got to promote a project called The Last Prisoner Project, which is for people that are incarcerated. Yes. Oh, yes. And basically telling people that we're trying to fix legislation, we're trying to get you out. And, you know, it's awful that you're there in the first place over something so stupid. Is, isn't that that organization that just got that guy out of jail that he just, he, like, I swear to you, the, the guy with the longest. Ago. Uh, sentence for right. a marijuana conviction just got out of jail and it was because of that organization. And that's just the a last start. Prisoner, Pretty share. The Last Pretty Prisoner share. Project is an excellent organization. They do a lot of really good work um, just helping people that are struggling over uh, usually over decades to get proper representation or to get their case reviewed properly or, or whatever it is that they need so to get justice. Yeah, I, I think it would be fantastic as long as the uh, president is giving out uh, pardons like they're uh, you know candy on halloween uh mm -hmm. to go after some of these people who were in, in inappropriately incarcerated for a long period of time that basically is the basis of what that whole pardon situation is all about back in uh in 2000 uh donnie clark over in, in manatee county was actually had his sentence commuted by uh by clinton during his last few days of office after he was given uh 25 years for cultivating mayaka gold over in, in manatee county and that is what the nature of that is. And we really would like to see, and I'm saying this to you, Donnie, you're listening to me. 
yeah, you need to go ahead and take a look at the list of people who are on that last prisoner list and give them the pardons. That is what the pardon program should be all about. Absolutely. And not necessarily yes. taking care of everybody in, in your, who, your friends and family who accidentally may have broken the law. Yeah. The and there is no legalization without <laughs> releasing prisoners as far as I'm concerned. That's my personal viewpoint, but I'm just saying, I don't see how we can in good conscience move forward and leave behind the people who paved the way, whether they meant to or whether it was accidental or, or it doesn't matter, we would not be here without them. And so we have to go back and get them out of the cages they don't belong in so that we can move forward. There's just no other way. And decriminalization is moving forward. We actually got a bill that was announced this is last week from uh, Randolph Bracey over in South Florida to we'll go ahead and get some decriminalization done. It's That's not right. the first time he's, he's attempted this. We're hoping that this year will be the year that we can get we'll move forward. Chris and I worked very hard in Hillsborough County and in Tampa to get decriminalization done here with, of course, the discretion of the police, which always have that kind of discretion and sometimes use it and sometimes abuse it. But the fact is we are moving forward. And so therefore, as we move forward, we should not forget those who got incarcerated years ago and they should never be left behind. That is so important. I am curious about the the, the uh, title wave theory. Does that mean you have like an astrophysicist somewhere <laughs> in, in your team? Or uh, you know, those, those are future aspirations, I guess. Um, it started off with the basic concept that everything moves on a wave. And from there, that was just what kind of birthed the ideal. Obviously, the name was cool. That was the easiest part. But the concept behind it is that everything moves on a wave. And we want to curate that wave. We want to be a part of that wave. We want to be all the different forms of a wave. I mean, I'm, like I'm dating myself, but of course, the basis for Queen is, was an astrophysicist in, in his uh, spare I time. I did not know that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, as, as the band started to, to degrade, he went back and finished and got his doctorate. In. <laughs> so, so this is really important. We got the DJ here for the event. So yeah. the whole ambiance, the oh, vibe. Yeah, you can tell from the voice. What, what, a, 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 what, a DJ voice. What like, do the people like have to look for? <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I don't think so. But that's how he remembers. Brian's a smart one. I used to rap, so I'm very comfortable with my voice. I will say that. And that's why I probably hang out with a bunch of rappers and musicians. But <laughs> as far as what I play music-wise, I'm a huge fan. My my trifold, I usually call is hip-hop, funk, and soul. And I, I stay in nice. a boogie kind of vibe. I'm always yeah. ready to boogie. But I'm a student of music. I love playing multi-genre. I expand into many different things. And I just love sharing music. That's probably my my passion in do you, life. Do you think you're going to play music that Gary and I am going to like? I mean, if we love Rick James, Mary Jane, then we're in good company. You know? That's a go-to record for me. I think he automatically, I think I would very much, uh, Gary, would you enjoy Rick James? Absolutely. I get my freak on like every other night, you know, so it, I think super freak. I, I think me and Gary finally <laughs> found something we have in common. Absolutely. And we will, we will bring the flow Music if you bring the words. Music brings That's what us we're all doing. together. We're popping. All Music right. is a universal language. Absolutely. So. Yeah. What, 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 what other details can we tell folks about the event coming up? Like, for instance, the so, day it happened. Yes. Yeah, so that would Friday, help. December the 18th is coming Friday from 8 p.m. to midnight at Chillum CBD Dispensary and Glass Gallery. Here 1714. In 7th Street in Ebor City, where it all began. There you go. Some of that. And uh, it, the uh, cost of admission is $25, and that includes your uh, year-long 
membership to Suncoast Normal. It also includes one of these really very, very, very nice uh, masks that we ordered that have um, Suncoast Normal um, on the front of them. They're very nice. We'll have them at the event. You also get a gold lapel pin. You also get admission to the event and um, can be part of everything. If and bragging rights. Yes. And if for some reason you um, are just not sure about joining it, you maybe want to just connect with us and see what we're about before you take that leap. You can still purchase a ticket for $15. Come and just hang out, see what we're about. And if you would like to join that night, we will credit that towards your um, $25 cost, just like everyone else that came that night. So we just really are wanting to pull the community in and find out um, how we can best serve you. Uh, we can tell you what we want to do, but we need you to tell us what you want to do as well so we can work together. But we are going to excite you. We are going to activate you. So prepare <laughs> to be energized. Kano. I like that, Gary. That was nice. Yes, Carlo. When it all started, when we were just two young kids to do on our nose and and whatever uh you say to people do that are uh, i don't know you're, you're green or whatever Sorry but your step no when we when we started the organization this was actually you know we we held this event in ybor city um to bring people in and bring people together and fortunately for uh, what is now Suncoast Normal, um, we are here today because people showed that support initially. And, uh, you know, uh, we really appreciate everybody that's going to come out this weekend. And uh, I don't know if you want to get emotional about it, Kano, but... <laughs> no, I just, can I say one more thing real quick? Yeah. So um, I do have, space is limited, but I actually do have a spot or two if someone wants to set up a small table still for sponsorship, if they'd like to contact us, um, we'll get that locked in. There, Like I said, there's not a lot of space for that because we're trying to be careful, but we do have a couple little spots and we'd really like to give them to somebody who can come out and um, connect with the community and um, just bring us all together. So. And those spots will have fantastic visibility and this event that I cannot date myself is going to be lit, whatever that means. We have a great plan to use our space wisely so that we can host and have a good time um, and really turn up a little bit without, um, you know, still being safe is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> yep. All right. So, yeah. Ken, so you got anything 18. to say over there, buddy? Well, I mean, you know, when we founded this organization, we, we, we knew that there was a, a big ahead of us. I mean, to sit there and say, you know what, we're going to start our own chapter of normal right here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, we're going to do our best to organize Floridians to pass medical. Uh, we're going to take down prohibition and take on the federal government. And we're going to do everything necessary to, to move the needle forward for legalization. It seemed like a pipe dream. And then here we are six years later, and we've done, you know, dozens of events. We've seen hundreds of people uh, come out of the green closet and be willing to say, yes, I I'm a cannabis user. And yes, this is my medicine. And yes, it should be legal. And people have really come together um, to, to, to just build a real community here. And this year with the whole pandemic and, and COVID just taking hold, you know, that sense of community uh, for many groups ha has been a struggle. And so this holiday member sesh is definitely our opportunity um, to, you know, be able to see each other probably for the first time in 2020 and and also for the last time in 2020 uh but to be able to put this in the books i think it's very te uh, telling of the times that we're actually as part of your admission you get a sun coast normal mask uh, in addition to our membership 
And I, I just want to say thank you to every one of our members. Uh, thank you to all those in the community who have had a part in building this organization. Uh, it is time to take things to the next level. Um, and by that, I mean that we've got, you know, decriminalization at the local level. We've got uh, at the state level, we've got medical. It is time to take things to the federal level and end prohibition once and for all. Let's put the nail in the coffin. You know, Carlos, as I sit here and I go through our Facebook page, I'm trying to get to the photos of our original event, the, the Winter Music Festival, way back in 2014. And I mean, my goodness, man, we have hundreds and hundreds of photos from all these different events that we've done. I'm seeing the, the giant joint that ran down the East Coast that, that we were able to pass <laughs> Uh, uh, to our, our partners uh, down in the south part of uh, Florida. Uh, I finally found it. Wow, this going all the way back to 2014. If I could share the screen real quick. Let's see. Uh, no, I don't have screen sharing. Carlos, you got screen sharing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, awesome. I'm going to share this Chrome tab here. Share this. Look at that. That was the original founding event, the Winter Music Festival for uh, when we started out in Central Florida Normal. And that is just amazing to see all the uh, great folks came out and supported. Wow. Uh, That's awesome. And I am so excited uh, for us to have this event uh, coming up. So look at us. Relaunch. We were so proud of our, our banner and <laughs> <laughs> so much hubris and so much time has gone. by. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had some like great, uh, you know, local artists back then that, uh, came out and supported us and uh you know coming back to you and coming back to showing uh how you're supporting us thank you very much we'll ride another Happy wave out this time you know <laughs> yeah what, you know what you guys did before we're just riding another wave into the the future of, of what we can do going forward we have a great foundation under us and yeah we have um great community and we just hope that you'll come out and join us and like i said we can use any any type of assistance that you are willing to give us we can find a place for yeah, come on out. Let's ride this wave with Wave Theory. I'm pretty excited. Love that. Bring your treasure, bring your talent, <laughs> and give us your time. Either way, you can be part of the change, and we are going to make that change with your help because membership is our lifeblood. Membership pumps through our, our, our veins like whatever pumps through our veins. Blood. <laughs> Plant medicine. Today it's caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, you could, uh, f of course, find us on uh, suncoastnormal.org or on social media. You follow us on social media at suncoastnormal on all platforms. Uh, we love all you guys. If anybody else has anything else to say, I think uh, this show has run out of time. Yes, sad. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. 
At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.